On today's podcast, we are going to continue the series of my three favorite marketing automation techniques. Now, if you recall, we did one long episode and I decided to break it up. And so this is part three of what I decided to do was break into four parts. So uh, if you haven't watched one and two, go back, watch those. I hope you enjoy this one and keep an eye out for that last one to be published after this one. So enjoy. Let's go into tip number two, use your chopsticks. Okay, so I'm going to date myself. If you were a child of the 80s, you remember Karate Kid. If you remember that scene where Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are sitting there and he has the chopsticks, he's like, you know, can you catch, you know, if you can catch the fly, I can't remember what he said to him. It was like, if you can catch the fly, you can do anything. I can't remember what the actual thing was, but Daniel's sitting there and he catches it on the first try. And so the whole concept of timing does everything, you know, being quick and, tr- and doing things at the right time make all the difference in the world. So triggered emails um, are a marketing best practice because you can define the events that initiate an email to time them perfectly. And more importantly, they are triggered consistently. Triggered emails can be sent to people who have taken certain actions, such as submitting website forms, opening an email, visiting a particular page, or taking specific actions on your website. A good CRM, and I say CRM, but also marketing platform, kind of, I, I really not best practice. I kind of use those interchangeably sometimes, and I really shouldn't uh, use those interchangeably, but sometimes I do. So a good CRM slash marketing platform will also let you track when your prospect opens and or takes actions based on an email. So this this whole, um, I'm going to pause on that for a minute. So platforms that allow you some, some real data and transparency into what someone does behind the scenes, whether it's interacting with your website or interacting with an email. So in this case, we're talking about emails. Um, if you go back to that contact record we were looking at earlier, I'll actually jump back. For those of you, Again, sorry to those of you on um, listening. You won't be able to see this, but what we're showing here is an actual contact record. Well, in this particular platform in HubSpot, if you look at the t- those tabs kind of in the middle, um, I don't know if, uh, if you can see, if you can see kind of my, my arrow here, up here, and it might be, again, this might be a little small to see uh, on the screen, but you can see activity, notes, emails, calls, tasks, and meetings. Um, again, one of these, uh, one of the, um, one of the future things that I'll do down the road, actually, I may, I may do this recently because, or sooner rather than later, because uh, talking about different CRMs and how to evaluate them and the different types of tools, this is actually really powerful. But in HubSpot, what they do is they integrate, you can integrate your, your uh, email, you can integrate your calendar, you can integrate your phone system. Um, and every time you, uh, you know, your calendar link, actually that's built into HubSpot, they have their own meeting tool, but if you have an outside one, you know, you can have that all connected through as well. But if you, um, if you look here, normally there's not, hasn't been any really activity on this particular record, but in that middle, you would see activity. And, and one of those act pieces of activity, and I really wish I would have put a screenshot up here, uh, but maybe we will when I do one on CRM, evaluating different CRMs. 
But one of those things that you can do is when you send an email, it has a little blue, a little blue link that you click. And when you click on it, it, t- it says, you know, view activity and you can see what has happened to that email. It says, okay, well sent on this date. Then they opened it on this date and this time. And then they open it again on this date and this time. And if you had like a link or a call to action or something like that, that they took, you can, it then tracks out, you know, then they click the link. And so you can see all of the activity. It's, it's very cyber stalkery, you know? Um, but I, I can't even, I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with somebody and, um, cause we use emails, not only in marketing, the, this kind of logic in marketing, our property managers will use them in things like collections emails, like say, or, you know, Hey, you're late. Your rent is late. Um, here's the link to go pay. And if we've had number of clients come to us and say that little feature there is so powerful because not only if I then end up on the phone with them down the road and they say, I didn't get the email. I can say, well, I'm looking here at the records. It looks like you looked at it at 2 PM on Thursday and then you click the button, but you never paid. So, it's one of those things. Same thing if there's a dispute on um, an approval or something like that. And then I'm talking more operational stuff with these examples, but um, we've also had them where there were approvals um, where somebody emailed and says, I approve. Again, these are for our clients that are property managers. I approve this maintenance repair uh, bill for, you know, the property owner says, yeah, go ahead. It's $600. I approve it. And then down the road, we've had circumstances where our clients had, they came back in the property and said, I never approved that. And they not only can say, well, you read it here and then you replied here. Well, here's the reply. Here's the message. And so you're able to track all of these things um, inside of a really, really good, robust CRM. And again, some of the more rudimentary and less expensive ones sometimes don't have all of those dynamic features. Um, and, and the one thing about the more expensive ones is those features basically translate across the marketing module to the service module to your website module. All of those are interconnected in a, in a really dynamic platform versus one that may be just isolated to, say, a CRM and just contact records and things like that. Okay, so let me go back over. Again, sorry, I'm having to jump forward to the – I'm jumping through a few of the slides we already went over. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's scroll over. All right, back to Daniel Sun and Mr. Miyagi. Okay, so um, again, I'd stop. A good CRM will also let you track when your prospect opens and/or takes action based on an email. So that's a really important feature of the CRM. Well, in here's an example of how to use, say, a triggered email. So you remember accidental investor Allen, and let's say he comes to he had a previous. Uh, excellent accidental investor Allen had previously downloaded a free guide to preparing a, a property for rent. After a few months, Allen returns to the super awesome PM's website and views the pricing page. So we know that, you know, again, this is basically the events that were, are leading up to this. And we, we know that when he came here before and uh, downloaded a free guide a couple months ago, so we know that, and that's recorded automatically in our system. And we know that, let's say, based on his profile, when we download it, we, he's likely a property manager. He's told us how many properties he has, a few few of those basic features. And then now, so we have him in our profile list, and we know that he's at, he's an accidental investor, Allen. All right? Well, now he goes to the website a couple of months later, and he starts looking at our pricing page. Well, if someone's looking at my pricing page, that tells me that they are researching property managers to hire, and they are um, – they're – certainly a need if they are looking for pricing. So, okay. So I, I know these things about them. So the timing right now tells me 
he is he is primed to be communicated with. So based on that action, the back-end logic of my automation is going to trigger, I'm going to call them the cyborgs. It, can, it triggers my cyborgs inside of my software to go to work. And then based on the, his persona, they, they look, okay, you're this persona, you're the accidental landlord, and I, you've just done this. So what I'm going to do is we are going to trigger, let's say, an email. And by the way, you can do multiple things, kind of like we showed on the other screen. It can trigger an email. It can also trigger a text message. It can trigger uh, a direct mail piece. But for this, we're just going to trigger an email for this example. And Alan is enrolled in a marketing drip campaign specifically designed for returning accidental landlords who are researching pricing for property management. Okay, so what would that look like? I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice to kind of just say, okay, we're going to send a targeted thing. Well, let's give a, let's talk through a few examples of what that might actually look like. What would a what would a targeted um, what would a targeted email be if they're this accidental landlord looking at a pricing page? Well, if I'm if I'm talking to an investor, I'm really going to go in depth into the ROI and maybe even talk about you know portfolio management. But if I'm talking to the accidental investor, I'm going to I'm going to basically use language that talks about here's the here's the here's the here's the basic math and a few examples of including our fees and I may I may talk about why we charge here's what we do because maybe a professional investor is going to know what we do they know what property managers do or an institutional investor that has thousands of properties or hundreds of properties they you don't have to tell them what a property manager does but an individual investor who's an accidental investor doesn't really know you know, they kind of know in general, like, all right, you collect rent and then maybe you order a plumber. Okay. Well, well, there's a lot more to it. You know, they also, um, when the lease term comes up with the other, with the, with the tenant that they place, maybe they're going to talk through, okay, well, when the, the, the lease terms comes up, we, we do a renewal. Here's what a renewal is. And you can explain what that is. And we're going to negotiate an extension of the lease that if they want, if you want them to stay another year and, um, you know, here's, here's our thoughts on pets and things like that. But if you're focusing on pricing, you, you want to stick with, okay, here's, if your rent is this and our fee is this, and this is, you know, what we send you after we deduct our typical fees. Um, you may also, if it, it um, and again, uh, you're a lot of times can, you could tailor that to specific numbers he puts into a form. Uh, in this particular case, let's say he knows his property would rent for 2000. Well, maybe you ask that on the form, you know, do you know what your property would rent for? And if they say, yes, I do. Well, if that field is filled out in there again, in the original download, let's say you ask that. And so you have that information you could build, you could bake that into your example. For example, a property that rents for $2,000, let's say our fee was $150 or $200 a month. You can expect, you know, on average, let's say maybe, uh, you know, we average, you know, on average, you can expect to have, you know, allocate, you know, say, you know, 3% of your budget towards maintenance costs that might happen over the course of a year or something like that. You can build that in. But again, you're explaining in a, in a way that is directed to somebody who is not a professional investor or does not have multiple properties already using property managers or whatever it is. If you're, it, let's say this was someone who was, um, again, this goes to building the profile. Let's say accidental landlord, when he fills out the form, one of the questions you ask is, are you working with a property manager? He says, no. So I know, okay, well, yep, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to educate you on what a property manager does. And so there's many more facets, you know, here's the accounting, here's all that. So you're, again, you get it, you get the message. So that, then you go to the more professional, let's say there's somebody who has 10 properties 
they're an active investor. They're not necessarily a professional investor. They're just active and they've are in, in the questionnaire. They answer, yes, I am working for a, with, or I'm working with a property manager right now. What you would do is, you know, without, again, I would always suggest don't, don't trash talk the competition, but without that, you can do sort of that comparison of what you typically see in the market is this, here's what we do that, you know, here's what makes us unique. And so you can still do it in a way where, you know, we charge, you know, you're still giving them pricing information, but you're talking about why we do it this way versus doing it another way. And this is why we stand out. And maybe we, we, you know, we charge whatever it is, let's, let's call it $200, $300 for a lease renewal at the end of the lease uh, to rene- renegotiate the lease and keep the tenant in and all that. Let's say there's a fee to that that you charge. Um, and, you know, you don't know what their competition, you know, you don't know what that competition is charging. So um, theoretically, you could build really sophisticated workflows that maybe do that, but let's say you don't, but what you can do is you can explain here are the unique benefits of how we do negotiating to to maximize your profit. And that's why we charge this amount. We don't just automatically do it. We actually go in, we do a market analysis. We see what you can get for rent. We negotiate and we, we try to get you the most with a good tenant and that basically improves your ROI. So that with a little bit more of a sophisticated investor is going to be the type of messaging you would want to target towards them versus accidental Allen. Okay, so, um, and then based on that, the whole purpose of this is to increase the likelihood of accidental investor Allen to then turn around and reach out and contact you. There are so many examples that we could go over of this particular thing. Um, you know, let's let's say, um, oh, one second. I'm gonna take a. I gotta take another drink real quick. All right. So yeah, we're one hour in. So yeah, every now and then I have to take a sip. Okay. So, um, let's say that, uh, you have, you know, in your questionnaire that maybe the question you ask again, when you're collecting this information, you can design your forms in the downloads to add to this. And normally what I do again, this goes to that idea of the bicycle and the spokes. So you start with real basic information when you first roll it out. Once you kind of start adding to it, you might add a few questions to the form. You have to kind of, you have this balance. You don't want to ask too many questions so that to where they won't fill out the form, but you may want to ask just a few just to get, you know, that information. And you might even just have a little toggle box that says, you know, what's bringing you here today? It says, I have a vacant property that I want to, um, that I need a tenant for, or one of those options may be, you know, it could be a tick list that they check check. And one might be, I'm thinking about, I'm trying to decide whether to sell or to sell this property or to rent it out. Um, and so based on that, again, sort of the same thing in, in the timing, or I'm having trouble, you know, you know, I'm trying to, do, I'm having trouble with tenants paying rent, you know, something like, let's say, let's say they pick that one and they go back to the eviction example. And so in that one, Again, let's say that the, the let's say they've gone to the uh, they've read. Well, you can tell because again, if you have an integrated system, it all depends on the system. Um, a system like HubSpot, for example, again, and you know, I think you know other ones do a lot of this. Uh, I, I, the problem is, I'm, I'm I know so much about HubSpot. It's kind of I assume that certain ones do it, but I don't want to name names just because. I mean, I I would imagine like a there's probably some level of tracking between say Salesforce and whatever. It depends on if you're hosting your website. Well, you can host your website inside of HubSpot so that when someone goes to your website, um, they filled out a form, then they come back later. Let's say that we now know he's, 
been reading the, the the whole eviction blog stuff. When he downloaded it, he said, "I'm having trouble with tenants paying rent." Um, when you know, and he's and he's read a few articles on how do I find a good tenant. So he's thinking about evict. So I, what that tells me is he's thinking about evicting property. But then he he then he visits the pricing page. And so when he hits that pricing page, then all of a sudden, like, okay, this is building a case for a guy who is just prime to have the information in order to um, make a decision. So right then, what I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to start sending him uh, information about the pricing. Here's how much here's how much an eviction administration costs. Here's how much our leasing fee is. Um, here's how it can save you money in the long term you know, and talk them through, here's what it co- would cost you in Texas. So in Texas, property managers can um, represent properties that they manage uh, in, a, in a basic eviction court. Uh, if they appeal, if they appeal it, which rarely happens, I think I had it, you know, it's very rare. If they appeal it, you do have to have an attorney represent them. But in, in Texas, again, you just go and file the eviction and have the eviction you know, one, you don't need an attorney, but you, you know, they do allow property managers. So, the um, um, you can even talk about well if you hire an attorney or here's what it costs to keep a bad tenant here's what it costs to hire an attorney here's here's the reasons why you can evict um, here's how we here's how we communicate to get tenants caught up so if we can get them caught up on rent payments and here's the benefit of that um, there's a you know we've had clients in the past who do a thing called cash for keys so if they have a problem tenant and they just can't pay their rent. You know, when you have a, you know, looking at the portfolio as a whole, you, sometimes it just makes sense. Hey, tell you what, I'm going to give you 200, 250 bucks. If you will just move out, I'll give you the money. I won't, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go after you for the rent, but if you leave it cleaned and in really good condition, you move out, you know, within the next week, uh, I go in, I'm going to inspect it. If it looks okay, then I'll, I'll give you $250 to get started in your new life, whatever it is. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of times I'll take them up on that. Cause they, cause that prospect knows he's, he's basically saying I, I'm kind of hosed anyway. I owe $10,000 in months worth of rent. You know, let's say they're, you know, six months behind or whatever the number is. And they're way behind on rent and they just know, oh, well, I might as well just sit here as long as I can. But it, but if uh, they come to the, you know, if property manager comes and says, listen, we're going to let you out and let you free of any back rent, but you got to be out by next week. It has to be clean. If it's not clean, I will go after you for the rent. Um, so it needs to be cleaned so I can walk in and I can get another tenant. And the money that you end up saving in time, legal fees, if, you know, it can be legal fees, but fees for evictions, filing fees, time lost with tenants, all that. When you do the math, a lot of times it may, it's the math works out better to just get them out of there um and so you might even send them a a something about that and again there's all this information and all of a sudden you're you're, this guy's like okay i'm just gonna let's just do it the timing is just you've got them at the right time and um sometimes you know again it's it's sort of that being patient and waiting till that right moment. And the nice thing about, again, the machines is the machines don't get bored. They don't get anxious. They just do it when certain things happen. So this is where the machines again come in. So there's so many different ways that you can do this to where the timing is just perfect. So super, super powerful. Um, so here's just one, uh, one more. So let's say a prospect has a property that is vacant is looking for a new property manager to help find it. Uh, the Avengers property management collects all the information about the property and the CRM during the sales process. Unfortunately, the prospect, uh, chose to go with a different property manager at that time. The deal is moved to close lost based on the information gathered, uh, from the prospect. Uh, they are automatically enrolled in lost 
follow-up, which is a, let's say is a list and a workflow. So um, based on the criteria, they didn't say, I just hate you guys. I will never use you. Don't talk to me again. They, they didn't say that. They just said, you know what? You know, it was a tough call. I'm going to go with these other guys. Okay, fair enough. We lost a deal. Sometimes that happens. Well, I'm going to enroll them in this in that workflow. So in that workflow, the uh, the first action that happens when I enroll them. So I just lost the deal. Eh, great. You know, you got a vacant property. You're going with other property manager. That stinks. All right. Well, I'm going to enroll you in, in this deal. Well, the very first thing that enrollment that that workflow will do is nothing. It's going to wait ten months. Um, and why 10 months? It's going to wait 10 months because usually leases last a year. I don't know what kind of lease he's going to get, but odds are, you know, he's going to have a lease that, um, you know, goes a year. Maybe it goes to, we'll, you know, we'll see. Uh, but again, we don't know. And then at the 10 month mark, it's going to start sending a series of email texts, uh, uh, follow up communications and, you know, not spammy, but maybe informative and things like that. Um, kind of those things of, Hey, how did, you know, how did, uh, were you able to find a good tenant last year? How'd it go? Um, you know, here's how, you know, if, if you're maybe still interested in the market, here's kind of what we can do. Maybe, maybe here's a discount, you know, we'll give you 25% off of our leasing fee, whatever it is. So they, they, they wait 10 months. And again, the reason it's not 12 is because they want to catch them before the tenant goes away. Cause then it's too late. They've already figured out what they're going to do. I want to do it you know, 10 months, maybe not even nine months. I can start this process. Um, but I don't want to hit them during the whole lease term in my opinion, because they're just going to get sick of me. But once they, once they start thinking about it again and it's in their head now, in this case, what I'm, what I'm hoping is, you know, maybe he's not real satisfied with who he went with. And so let's say he chose this other property manager and maybe the property manager wasn't all that good. And that happens a lot, you know, Hey, they had a great sales pitch, but they just didn't work out to be all that great. Well, based on that, the, prospect let's say fortunately wasn't all that satisfied and so he happens to get this information and he starts thinking about it and he makes contact and he decides to give the avengers property management another try all of a sudden what i've done is i've saved an additional deal it took a year um and again this is in this particular example but i kind of just let this you know all right well let's we lost it but now i can kind of call through and i can get us it might be a very small percentage of those lost deals come back to me as a win but they, they happens all the time um you know, even, even in our, our marketing agency, sometimes someone, you know, we compete with other agencies sometimes and sometimes goes with another agency and they might come back to us, you know, in a year and say, you know what, you know, it's okay. But I, you know, it, I really think I'd like to give you guys, you know, you know, have you all handle the next year of marketing for me and see how it goes. Uh, because you, you know, and, and again, so maybe we were more expensive than the next hour, whatever it was, same thing with property management. So whatever that was, if we stay in communication and useful and the timing here is really key and really critical. Um, and the, and again, you, you're, you're kind of taking a gamble because and it's not really even a gamble. You're just taking a chance that this is the scenario. The chance may be uh, they ended up selling the property or the, it might be that they are super happy with the property manager or they did a two year lease. And so, you, you know, you take those into consideration of how you communicate with them. Um, and so you do your best to, get those variables, but every now and then you get that timing perfect. And let's say you earn, let's say that value of that is a pl new placement fee. Let's say, let's say you make $2,000 on a placement fee. And then, uh, the management fees over the course of that year is another $2,000. Well, you just did nothing and your, and your cyborgs just got you $4,000 on a deal that normally would have just gone into the waistband and you would have done nothing with. And so by doing that, I just made $4,000 doing nothing. That's great. In addition, and if they say more than that, let's say they say five years and I earn on average 2,500 or two, let's say 2000, make the math easy. 
And let's say with the placement fee, and let's say over average placement fee every two years, a tenant moves out, whatever. So I'm just saying, quick math. Let's say I make $16,000 over five years. That's a great ROI. Now multiply that over whatever, and it's again, small percentage, but that ROI is significant. And again, I, I talk about this ROI because it, again, the pushback is the cost, not only of the platform, but if you have, if you're working with a marketing agency and again, like I said, allocate a salary for a good one. If you, if you want to go spend $200 a month on someone that's going to do marketing for you, you're going to get $200 worth a month with the marketing. But if you go and work with an agency that really has a, um, that builds these kinds of things, it, you know, it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but think about that, that automation when it was built and getting it in place and getting the messaging right and getting the messaging in place, all of that, you know, you, you worked out and built into place. Now, that same scenario might happen. Let's say it happens twice a year, three times a year. Um, in many cases, I would I would argue over time it would happen more often than that. Um, it might. I would say it would in a, in a company that's generating a, a large amount of leads. Let's say in a in a specific market um, that has a few hundred doors, whatever it is. I mean, it's bringing in a dozen, you know several dozen leads a week. Um, I mean, we used to bring in two three hundred leads a month. But um, let's just say over time, yeah, I mean, let's say that happens two or three times a year. In addition to all of the other benefits of the automated marketing, that's just gravy. That's just bonus. So these are the, these are the examples, these targetings. It sounds so boring of just targeting emails, but you can really get creative and think. You just have to think, when are people thinking? Um, you know, in other industries like financial advisors, when, are, when do you target people as a financial advisor? When's the, when is the number one time when you want them? Or when you, let's say you're bringing them in, when do you want them in? Or when's the most opportune time? There's a handful, but one of them's when someone's retiring or when they're leaving their job, because what, the, what are they doing? They're taking their 401k they've built up over years. They're rolling it into an IRA and they need someone to manage it for them. If they're not, you know, really savvy on it. It's that moment. If you can catch them right then around that time. And when they start thinking about it, that moment is when you want to be front and center is when they are ready. So timing, profile, all that goes together in order to bring you the, the biggest opportunity to bring in those clients. So if you remember the karate kid, my favorite quote of Mr. Miyagi, you beginner luck. So hopefully it's a little bit better than you beginner luck, but it is, uh, it's a little more than luck. There's a little bit of luck involved in this, uh, because it's against luck of timing, but you are positioning yourself to capture that at the right time, right place. Okay, that does it for this episode. Now, uh, remember, we broke this full episode up into these different chunks, these different pieces. So if you haven't seen the other ones that go with this series, go watch them. Uh, if they haven't been released yet, keep coming back, check the channel, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast.